What's up? It's Den Roadshow episode 87. This is going to be a solo show because fuck if I know what the schedule is at this point. It's been uh, it's been shuffled around and screwed up in all kinds of ways. But uh, yeah, so it's just going to be me here. Uh, I did want to say at the top of the show that we are pushing the horror book club uh, discussion of the Paul Bearers Club by Paul Tremblay to next time because Ian is, uh, let's just say, preoccupied. I don't know. <laughs> he, he couldn't be here for this recording. So yeah, we will do that next time. So if you are following along with us, which would be pretty cool, you can uh, catch that on the next next edition of the, of the show. So um, but yeah, I got some stuff I want to talk about. Uh, and also because I need to get an episode out. So because there's going to be lots of lots of coming and going for me. And that's a clip that won't ever be taken out of context. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be going out of state and back into state and then out of state a whole bunch in the upcoming weeks. So I need to get some episodes out and have some episodes also stockpiled. So yes, that's what's happening. Um, let's do a little Mountains of Madness. Mountains of Madness. Cool. So last weekend, uh, I watched the new Ari Aster movie, uh, Bo is Afraid. And if the name Ari Aster doesn't ring any bells, uh, maybe Midsummer or Hereditary will do it for you. And uh, this is a this is a weird one because it was sort of billed as a like comedy drama. And I feel like that sort of does it a or maybe did do it a disservice in its marketing because I didn't know this until after I uh, had already seen it and I went to its Wikipedia page because I needed some context for a lot of things. But it apparently fucking flopped at the box office, uh, which is surprising because he's uh, sort of made a name for himself uh, with his first two, you know, major films. And this was like an A24 movie and A24 is just gotten to the point where people will just go see a movie because they know that A24 is releasing it. You know, it's sort of like they're, they're, they've sort of become like the like HBO of, you know, like movies in a way, you know, where it's like it's almost like a stamp of stamp of some kind of quality or at least some sort of, you know, I don't know, approval in a way. And uh, but yeah, it was it was it was billed as a a, a, a comedy drama. And I, I feel like that like sort of framing of it sort of does it a disservice because at its core, it is still a deeply, deeply scary movie. <laughs> like it might be it might like depending on the kind of person you are, it might be his scariest movie. If you are like me, like a a fellow neurotic, you know, anxious, paranoid person with like family issues, then this is going to make you shit yourself. Right. Like this is this is the kind of movie that is like it's like a three hour long like panic attack, you know, and uh, like you kind of hear that phrase like used for movies that are sort of like I people said that a lot about like Dunkirk, you know, where it was just like that straight tension, you know, like the entire the entire runtime. But this was more just like, no, yeah, no, this is actually like a panic attack. This is this is you have anxiety the entire time. And like that sort of like deep rooted anxiety of like, oh, yeah, no, my entire life was a failure and I was set up to fail. And this is the way things are going to go. And this is just the way things were meant to be. And there really wasn't anything I could do about it because I knew this was going to happen. 
And so even though I knew it was going to happen and I tried to avoid that outcome, this was just the way that things were going to end up. And I knew it and I was right for knowing that. And so I shouldn't have done anything to stop it. Um, That kind of anxiety. (laughs) And that's what it's tapping into. And so maybe that's his core demographic of, you know, but like it's and at the same time, I don't I don't necessarily think I can recommend it because it's it's weird. It's weird and it's messy and it's way too long. It did not need to be three hours. Um, there's a section in the middle that does end up being very, very funny. And it also is a funny movie. I, I, like, I don't want to, like, strike the comedy aspect from the the, the record. Uh, it's it, it's funny. Like, it's basically a three hour long extended, like, like sequence of the the dinner table scene from Hereditary. Like he he just basically made that whole thing an entire movie. Um, but I don't know if I could recommend it. Uh, but no, there there is a sequence like some part in the middle where like I, I like reach for my phone. And that's like that's always the test. And that's the like it's a bad sign if you reach for your phone in the middle of a movie. Because it just kind of kept going on and on and on at this one specific thing. It was like, I get it. I get it. <laughs> we can move on now. I get it. But it just kind of kept it kept doing the thing. And um, yeah, like for, for a specific set of people, my people, the, the neurotics, the anxious, the mentally ill is what I'm trying to say. Uh, this will be deeply unsettling, deeply terrifying. Um if you have if you have mommy issues, do not see this movie. This will only exacerbate them. Do not do not see this movie. Um, maybe if you have daddy issues too, who knows? You know, like any any kind of if you have a weird family dynamic, do not see this movie. It will it will just yeah it'll just make that worse. It's it's got weird psychosexual energy. You know, it's just yeah. Um, it 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 did not need to be that long. And I know I say that about most movies, but this did not need to be three hours. Uh, there were some of these like vignettes that you could probably lose, uh, like going into it. You're, you're kind of expecting like based on the poster and everything that it's sort of kind of kind of be like a like a sort of like, oh, brother, where art thou sort of like Odyssey kind of thing. And that's not what it is. <laughs> that's not what it is at all. <laughs> It's sort of it's sort of like an odyssey, you know, like this journey. But it um, you kind of you kind of wind up right where you start. And that's, I guess, the point. But um, and you sort of expect the Joaquin Phoenix character, Bo uh, is his name, if you can believe it, to sort of be like this, this oddball, you know, this sort of like eccentric and it's sort of a reverse because he ends up being like the straight man and everything as like all this chaos is unfolding around him. Um, and Walking jo- Phoenix is great. Like, you know, he's great and everything, but like he uh, he really sells it as like the straight man. Um, he's kind of doing like a little bit of what he does in The Master where he's just sort of like, you know, just this guy that's just being fucking pulled along in all of this, like equal parts pathetic and like, you know, um, I don't know, just just anxiety riddled and paranoid but like the, the movie doesn't like the movie's like oh no no he, he should be paranoid he has every right to be paranoid like there's nothing wrong with him being paranoid like this is how he should be this is how he should be operating in order to survive <laughs> like this is he's right and now you should be right too because of it <laughs> Like, like all of your fears, all of your fears and anxieties are now rationalized. You see, uh, so that's the kind of movie that is. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know if I could, I can't, I can't recommend it. It's, it's very different from his other stuff in that way. Even though I compared it to like the dinner scene in Hereditary, which is like the most famous scene in that movie, but it's very different. 
Um, and it does have like it is like you can frame it as like a dark comedy, but it's still a deep horror movie. And I, I feel like if they still would have framed it as like, no, no, this is just the new Ari Aster horror f- film. I feel like it would have done a lot better. But just the way that it was kind of marketed, I think kind of like didn't do it justice at the same time like even that framing still doesn't change what the movie is so i still wouldn't like you know necessarily like it wouldn't change my opinion after having seen it but just hearing that it like flopped like that um was is is strange especially because it seems to have reviewed well but uh yeah yeah just a just a very very weird one um I'm, i'm fine with him doing whatever the fuck he wants to do if he wants to keep making weird ass movies that's perfectly fine with me perfectly fine but um yeah um what else is going on with me um turning the house into the big brother house feel like i should be talking about this with ian but he already knows all about this adding doorbell camera rear camera to the house it's uh it's weird having it golf go through the server upgraded the server i i don't have a computer science degree but i feel like i'm cosplaying i feel like i'm cosplaying as somebody that has a computer science degree where i'm i like need to type in like I basically need to kind of code like these files in order to get the server to work or need to get these cameras to work with the server. And I am struggling with it mostly because there's like like the cameras themselves work, which is good. But I'm trying to get them to work with these little AI modules so they're not recording 24 seven. And so if it sees a person, it'll just record the portion of like a person showing up in the camera or like, oh, there's a deer. And so then it'll record the portion with the deer because I don't want a recording 24 seven to my server because then I'll have no storage space and then I'll just have to go in probably daily and just delete all this footage. And that is a fucking full time job that I don't want. And so I bought this AI module. It's just a USB stick that's supposed to take off the processing power off of the CPU in order to go through these predetermined uh you know, like data sets, basically. And that's the other thing, because I don't want anything touching anybody else's cloud or any other computers. That shit is not leaving the house. No footage of our house or you want to talk about paranoia, like no footage is leaving the house. No footage is leaving. You know, it's not touching anybody else's cloud servers and it's not touching any fucking law enforcement. Right. Like no ring doorbell that talks directly to the cops and the FBI is touching this house. No way. It's bad enough. I had when uh, I went to Pittsburgh, visited my grandma. I was on the ring doorbell every time I left the house. Hate that shit. Awful. Because they don't tell you that when you buy it. It's like, oh, yeah, no, no, no. The, the the cops and the feds have a direct line in to your camera. And it's the same thing. Everybody says, oh, well, if you're a, a law abiding citizen, you have nothing to hide. It's like, that's not the point. That's not the point. I didn't sign up to be in a police state. I didn't sign up to be on 24 seven surveillance by the fucking cops that will use any excuse to do anything. Oh, you, oh the, you know, it's the same. They have body cameras. Yeah, they can fuck them, turn them, turn them off. They could turn off their body cameras. If they have a line into your ring doorbell, <laughs> they're not turning that shit off. They're turning that shit on. There's the difference sticking their hand over their body camera. Bullshit. So <laughs> anyway, sorry, <laughs> the anarchist came out. Uh, so yeah, so none of the footage leaves the house and, uh, it's all processed on site. Nothing touches anybody else's service, but that's the tricky part is like, it's like, oh yeah, you could sign up for this, this cloud fucking thing. You could sign up for this cloud, whatever the fuck. It's like, no, 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 no. I don't know you. I don't know where your servers are. I'm not trusting you with footage of my face. No way. I'm not going to start wearing a mask to enter my own damn house. So that's part of what I've been working on. (laughs) 
in my spare time. <laughs> if it was up to me, I wouldn't even have them, but uh, I was asked to install them. So if they're going to be installed, they're going to be installed on my terms. And those are my terms. <laughs> my insane brain poisoning terms, but that's what they are. Uh, speaking of brain poisoning, since Ian's not here, that means we could do an extended Moogle. How about that? Uh, recently, my mom called a Moogle uh, that fuzzy thing your sister likes. I just thought that was worth mentioning. So, uh, this is a callback to... I don't know how many episodes ago. Somebody will have to tell me. Um, but I mentioned that I watched the anime uh, The Call of the Night. Uh, and I talked... It was the vampire uh, comedy romance show. It's on High Dive. Um, and I talked about why I liked it. And also some, you know, some iffy shit. Um, but I liked it so much that I picked up the uh, the manga and started reading that. And I realized why, belatedly, uh, some more reasons why I liked it so much. Uh, one thing is that it's written uh, by the manga writer and illustrator Kodoyama, who wrote Dagashi Kashi, which was, uh, uh, it's a manga series, but I watched the anime. And it, that's a, that's a... F- fun little comedy series uh about a a boy that is like trying to avoid inheriting his dad's like little corner store candy shop like penny candies basically and that's what uh dagashi means sort of like little snacks and penny candies um and the the that series is about like this this odd girl that comes to town and like wants him to take over like her massive uh dagashi empire and so he's like in the middle of like not wanting to take over his uh dad's shop but then also this this weird girl comes to town and then you like you learn about the history of like these weird little uh like penny candies like usually like a couple per episode or something like that and it's fun weird shit happens it's it's a little comedy you know um i should have known immediately just based off of the art style uh sort of like all the characters, uh, they're not cross-eyed, but like their their pupils and irises are drawn like towards the center of their their eyes, like looking looking more inwards. So kind of like they're cross-eyed, but they're not. I don't know how to describe that. But they're more towards the center of their face rather than like the center of their eye, if that makes sense. Um, and also they have like very long fingers. I'm just noticing now too. So he has like a very distinct art style. And I should have noticed it, but I didn't. Um, and so then the other thing that I found belatedly is that the the studio that produced the anime for Call of the Night, uh, Linden Films, is uh, directed by Tomoyuki Itamura. And this is an animator that was previously part of the Monogatari series with Shaft and took over the Monogatari series uh, after Nisei Monogatari and uh, co-directed sort of all of the uh, Monogatari with Akiyuki Shinbo, who was sort of like the main director of the Monogatari project with Shaft uh, until uh, Itamura left Shaft. So, uh, and that I kind of should have realized as well. Basically, like the the style of The Call of the Night, like I talked about how beautiful like these these nightscape backgrounds and like the the way that the city is sort of depicted, like the, the architecture and the buildings. Um, like a lot of that is now present in the the manga that I'm reading, but like the way the colors pop and like the the contrast between the night itself and the stark difference of the building in buildings in the anime is very shaft inspired, and I, I should have picked up on that. 
Um, but yeah, so it, it's very cool to see like sort of the through lines and like the things that I uh, like quite a bit. And uh, yeah, I just thought that was interesting to discover that after the fact where you like you just have that like immediate recognition of like, oh, I like this. Right. And, you know, I liked it for the story and the comedy and, and whatever else. But then whenever you like you have a closer inspection of like how it was made or who was making it and you draw these connections like, oh, of course, this is why these are like creators that, you know, have made other things that I am very passionate about and have like you just see this through line through uh, things that you like without even picking up on it sort of uh, unconsciously. Um, but yeah, so I'm reading through that now. Uh, I'm, I'm reading very slowly, mostly because I'm reading from the beginning, which was covered in the anime. And so it's 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 material that I've seen, but I'm just like reading through it anyway, just to see if there's like some differences. You know, I could skip to the skip to the stuff that I haven't like the story I haven't experienced yet. But like, you know, I want to see if there's any differences and I'm not really in any rush. So um, and speaking of anime, a couple weeks ago, your boy did not have his meds <laughs> for a few days. And so that means I couldn't sleep. And so since I couldn't sleep, I was watching anime. And so in like this period of three days where I just could not sleep whatsoever, uh, I watched a couple series. I watched uh, Oshinoko and I then watched, uh, fittingly, fittingly, Insomniacs After School. Uh, these are very different shows, very different. Uh, Oshinoko is about uh, sort of like Japanese idol culture and the entertainment industry. Uh, it's sort of like the big, the big show that uh, just finished airing this past season. And... Um, it's quite good. Uh, it's very interesting how, well, one, it's sort of in, um, it's not really an isekai, but it's sort of like a reincarnation story, but kind of an isekai. It's like, it's like so weird how that happened, like how that sort of element of the plot is factored in. It's like at a certain point, it just kind of becomes an afterthought, but it's like used as the the very basic setup all for like a for kind of like a joke. Um, so there's a, there's a doctor like in the countryside who... Um, is a a big fan of this this idol and uh through happenstance he meets that idol and becomes her doctor and uh he then gets reincarnated as her child and it seems to be just because of a um a joke in japanese culture where if an idol like you know has a has a baby or like announces that they're pregnant uh the fans will say oh i wish i could be reincarnated as the kid which is very strange to me. That's very strange why you would want to be the kid of like a celebrity that you like. That's it's just it's just really a weird a weird thing to like even in joking like that you would want like I don't know. Like somebody says that they're pregnant and you're like god I wish that were me. Like that's just weird. It's so weird to me. It makes my skin crawl honestly. Um but like that's that's the that's the opening premise and it's for that joke. Um and so the series is 11 episodes, but it's kind of really not because the first episode is uh, an hour and a half. The first episode is basically a movie and you could honestly like that could just be standalone and you could not watch the rest of the series and you could just watch that and be like, wow, holy shit, bam, that's a it's like a completed thing. Right. And of course, the story continues. But it is sort of like this contained beginning end, and it really goes some places. Let me tell you, I don't want to spoil it, but I, I don't think I've seen a show that sort of like opens with a movie the way this does. Like it, it wasn't split up, at least the, the, the version that I had. It was not split up into like three episodes. It was like, nope, this is episode one. It's no, it's definitely an hour and a half. 
I was like, okay, all right, you know. Uh, and of course, me, I couldn't sleep. So I'm like, yeah, fuck it, let's go. Uh, I was not prepared. <laughs> I was not prepared for the ending of that episode uh, at all. No, uh, I was definitely not. Um, but yeah, no, this is about like the 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 darker side of the entertainment industry. If I had one sort of like negative thing to say about the show, it sometimes gets a little luxury where it will like be explaining a thing to a character about like, no, this is just the way it works in the entertainment industry. And it'll just sort of like kind of dump a paragraph at you, but like through a character. And it's like, OK, you know, like we get it, but like it, it, it does get very luxury. And that, that it's like the stated goal of the show is to be like, yeah, no, there's some shit that happens here. There's some exploitation and abuse and everything else. Uh, and so we're just going to tell you about it openly. And so it's like, yeah, OK, fine. You know, it's, it's definitely the stated point, but it's just sometimes it's uh, done in a very uh, ham fisted way. And uh, that's really my only major criticism of the show is that it's a little heavy handed. But I mean, it gets the point across. Let me tell you. It definitely gets the point across. Um, but yeah, I, I would recommend it. Like I'm I'm I don't really know much about the, the Japanese, the, the idols and all that stuff. I don't I don't listen to J-pop. The closest I now get is like baby metal. And, and again, I just listen to the music. You know, I don't really know anything about, you know, the the personal lives or like the 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 personas, I guess, of the band members or whatever. I think the closest is like uh, the VTubers who are also like do music and then are also like in the idle outfits is like a similar thing. And it's, it's it like this, since this is uh, such a new, new show, this touches on that as well. It touches on live streaming. It touches on, you know, and like the crossovers between all of these. It's uh it's quite interesting. Uh, and like I said, uh, insomniacs after school couldn't be, couldn't be different, more different. It's uh so this is a show about uh two high school kids that have insomnia and they can only seem to uh fall asleep in each other's company. And that's that's sort of it. They end up uh starting or like restarting their school's astronomy club because they fell asleep in the school's observatory because their school has an observatory, which I doubt is a very common thing in Japan, but who knows? I can't speak definitively. And uh, yeah, it's just nice. It's just it's just a nice show. You know, it, it, it portrays. Let me tell you, as somebody that <laughs> cannot sleep without being heavily medicated, it portrays insomnia very well. It really does. Just the like you're dead fucking tired you're physically exhausted you're mentally exhausted too you're in bed you close your eyes it just doesn't fucking happen it just doesn't it doesn't work and it, it portrays that very well and very realistically just like when the light creeps in at like five or six in the morning and you feel like such a fucking failure for not being able to fall asleep. Like you just lost hours just laying there trying to sleep. And it's like, well, shit, I couldn't even get this right. I couldn't even fall asleep. I couldn't even get like an automatic human function right. Well, shit, it, it does that very well. Um, it, and it does that thing that like I, I love to see where it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to just like get together and solve all our psychological problems. It avoids that. It avoids that nicely. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's just a good it's a good, nice show. Very, it's a very good show. If you have insomnia, firsthand account, if you can't sleep, check it out. I don't know if it's going to help you, but like it's not going to it's not going to hurt. <laughs> it's not going to hurt. 
yeah, so I recommend that one. I think these are both on High Dive because I had to I had to go grab them. Um, yeah, High Dive's gotten some good some good shit recently. Some exclusive stuff that is. Uh, I think their sub is pretty cheap, so it's probably worth just like grabbing that sub and watching their exclusive shit. Uh, but yeah, that's 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 what I did <laughs> for those three days. I couldn't sleep. <laughs> uh, and you know, I couldn't do one of these segments without having more to say about Persona 3. So there was a new trailer that dropped uh, during Anime Expo. Then uh, this is our first time listening to the the English voice cast. And there's also one other detail about the sort of the English version of Persona 3 Reload is that they seem to have matched the character portrait lip syncing to English instead of them just kind of like flapping away like bap, 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 like like Muppets. It seems that they've actually matched the mouth movements to uh, English, the English speaking, which is really cool to see because that, that wasn't the case with even Persona 5. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's a nice improvement. That's, that's, that's really cool to see. It, it, it looks a lot better than just them going bap, 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 as they're just like, like their character portrait is talking and they have the voiceover over it. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's nice. It's good to see. Um, like whole, if, if you haven't seen photos of like people at Anime Expo, by the way, holy shit, that is the last place I think I'd ever want to be. There's just too many people just like all just like packed in like just like thousands and thousands. Oh, my God. Oh, like it just looks miserable and hot. I get I get sweaty now just in my room with air conditioning on. I'm like a I'm like a blob. I'm just like disgusting to be around that many other sweaty people with nowhere to move and no air. I, 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 I could never I could I could never do I honestly could never do it like I've been to so many shows where like you're just packed in and that's like hundreds at the most like the, the pictures of this are just like I I don't think it could ever be worth it. Yeah, no, not for me. Never for me. Um, but anyway. Uh, yeah, so the, so Atlas uh, dropped the new trailer for Persona 3 Reload, and it, it is the first time we've heard uh, some of the English voice cast. Uh, and they sound good. They sound good for on the most part. It's just going to be a weird transition. Like, you've played the games a bunch, and you're so used to hearing these characters and their original voices for so long that to hear different voices is, is, is going to be jarring, at least for me. I think for other people as well, but for me in particular, um, I think the biggest differences were Akihiko because Akihiko had such a uh, had such a unique voice to him, and then like Mitsuru, who was like one of my favorite characters, sounded pretty different. Akihiko definitely sounded different, but uh, Mitsuru sounded pretty different. Uh, Yukari sounded very similar, and Fuka was different, but. Um, Again, Fuka had a very distinct way of talking, and so it was. It, it, it's gonna, it's gonna be a change, you know. It's gonna be a change, but also again, like to me, these characters also look very different in like these these 3D models, like these very pencil thin, like non non chibi deformed PS2 models, and like these new portraits. They 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 look very different as well. So it's like, yeah, this is a new thing, you know. Um, so I'm I'm excited to see and hear more. Um. I th so the thing is that uh, every full moon, which ties into the game's theming, uh, we're getting more info, whether that's, I don't know, more gameplay or just more details or or what. Uh, leading up to the launch, we're getting more details. So uh, you will hear more from me as I have more to say about Persona 3 Reload. 
So, uh, and I also delayed the recording of this episode again because I was briefly going to touch on Final Fantasy 14, but then I remembered that uh, the FanFest keynote was going to be on Friday. And so I was like, well, you know, I'll just hold off and wait and see what happens at the keynote. And so, of course, at the keynote, they, uh, as we knew, uh, they announced the new Final Fantasy 14 expansion and it's called Dawn Trail and they're targeting summer 2024. So next summer, we have a whole year and it, it's definitely more Final Fantasy 14. Um, yeah, that's it's really kind of all I have this like, I don't know, it's. It's tough to, it feels like I've completely quit the game because I kind of have at this point. Like, I just have no desire to play it at all. And what they showed they and what they told us is going to be like in the expansion, you know, is just like all the shit that we expect. Like, yeah, there's going to be six new zones and this many raids and this many trials. And it's like, yes, we know we expect all that. Like, what's the what's the big new feature? Like, what's the big thing that you're going to be introducing? For the expansion and they didn't they didn't have anything like that like and they said there's two jobs they didn't even give us one of them so we know the one's gonna be melee and we know that one's gonna be a caster and the hint was that uh yoshi p the game's director and also the producer of final fantasy 16 was wearing a ninja turtles t-shirt and so you could speculate and say that it's oh it's gonna be one of them one of the weapons that they're holding is one of the jobs uh, or, oh, they're all artists, and so there's a job in some some Final Fantasy game, Pictomancer, or artist, you know, since they're all named after artists, Leonardo and whatever the hell else, you know. And it's like, okay, maybe. It's like, I don't, you know, I don't care. I Like, they have two more fan fests to, like, sort of dole out information, but none of it's going to be, like, game-changing, right? You know? Like, anything that would make me, like, care are actually, like, major systems changes to the way that the game and combat works. And those are mostly things that they're not going to say on stage. To be, like, the biggest deal, and this is what actually got the biggest reaction out of the crowd, out of the entire thing, which... I don't know if that says more about the audience or about like the information that they were giving was the the thing that got the biggest cheer and the biggest crowd reaction was when they announced that they're adding the ability to add two dyes to every piece of gear or well, gear that can, can be dyed rather than just one. So you can now have two die channels instead of just one. And everybody went crazy. And I went crazy, too. I was I was typing to, you know, some guildmates at the time because we were all watching it. And even I went crazy because because currently you can only die one part of the gear and it's not the overall piece. It's whatever piece of the gear they decide you can gear, uh, die. It's so now all oh, we get two. And then looking back, it's like, God, really? Like, this is what we were appeased by is is that? So I don't know. I, I, I don't know if this game is still for me. I really don't. Just the way the combat currently works. Like, I talked about that in that gigantic episode, you know, it's like. They didn't talk about anything to address that. And they wouldn't, right? They don't talk about that kind of thing until like a couple months away from the expansion. So not until 2024 would we possibly get like combat systems changes. And then again, stuff that they said for that pre-Endwalker, they doubled back on and changed shit in Endwalker. So so the biggest example of, of this is, uh, so I talked about like the two minute meta thing, right? Previously, I know, I know this is bullshit. I know this is in the week. I know every time I talk about Final Fantasy 14, everybody turns off the episode. I know, I know, I know. 
but they talked about how all cooldowns were going to two minutes and they're making things uh, 60 seconds to line up with the two minutes, right? Okay. So pre-Endwalker, uh, they said that uh, Black Mage has an ability called Ley Lines and they put it down and wherever, whenever the Black Mage stands in it, they cast faster. Okay, real easy because Black Mage wants to go fast. Black Mage has slow cast times and they want to have fast cast times. So they said that, yeah, Ley Lines is 90 seconds and they're keeping it at 90 seconds uh, even though it doesn't line up with everybody's buffs because they still wanted to have a black mage to have that flexibility. And so that's why they were keeping it that way. They said that pre-expansion. Then the expansion comes out. What do you know? Ley Lines is at two minutes. And so they went back on it. So even if they say that they're making like system changes like in, in that way to be like like philosophy changes to the combat, I can't trust it until it's in the game because of the way that they even went back on things like that in the lead up to Endwalker. And we didn't even know how bad things were going to get until we played Endwalker and we're like, this is all kind of the same shit. This is all this, like every job is the fucking same. Like, like, so to go along with that, so you know what 90 second cooldown they didn't change is Astro's light speed, which actually does a very similar thing. Whenever the Astro uses light speed, their casts are basically instant for a very brief time and it's on a 90 second cooldown. The problem with it being at 90 seconds is that all of the Astro's other buffs are on 30, 60, and 120. <laughs> so since light speed is on 90 seconds, you have no flexibility to use it any other time except for two minutes. So it might as well be a two minute cooldown. It sucks, it's janky, and it's bad. So yeah, so... And like, they released this, like part of the trailer because they have to save the rest of the trailer bits for uh, the European Fan Fest in London and the Japanese Fan Fest. Uh, and that the uh, London is happening in October and Japanese is happening in January? January. I think it's January. And so they save bits, the next bits of the trailer for those. And then at Japanese, we get the whole thing. And it's like, okay, yeah, this looks like Final Fantasy, you know? Like they're still doing the, the food porn thing, I guess. It's just very strange. So like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think this game is for me anymore. I just don't. And I'm, I'm just kind of like searching for like, I need, I need another like number go up game. Cause like Diablo was kind of a bust. Like I finished the campaign and it was just like the end game was actively miserable, <laughs> actively miserable. And everything they've done since has made it more miserable. And I, so I'm just like, ah, it looks like I'm done with that too. You know, I guess I got my money's worth cause I finished the campaign, but it's like, eh, you know, so I'm playing Honkai and it's like that patch came out and I kind of did that patch's content. So I do my dailies, I do my little tasks, like a good boy. It's like, okay, you know, I'm so, I'm like at a crossroads, you know, <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so stupid. I could like take up knitting or something, you know, but no, I want to see the number go up. I want the number to get higher. I want the number to get bigger. So, and I, I thought about bringing back the, um, so like, that's the other, the other problem is that I've been having trouble, like picking like what next game I want to like sink, sink my time into. Because I need to kind of always have like one going, even if it's just in the background, I need to kind of have one going. And so I'm at the very end, the very, very, very end of Final Fantasy 16, because there's sort of like the way that game works is, and this is, there's no spoilers again, no spoilers. Uh, if you want to hear our full, like, again, spoiler free thoughts on Final Fantasy 16, you could check out the last episode where we, we go in to the systems and our thoughts on like the story structure, but no story specifics. 
uh, I think it was a I think it was a good talk. You can check out the last episode for that. But I'm at the very end of the game, right? And they do the thing where like, yeah, this is the end of the game. Let's do it. And then I'm like, yeah, okay, let's let's go, let's roll, let's let's finish this up. They dump, and I counted. I had to count because it was insane. They dump 13 side quests at you, plus I think it was six, six hunt marks. Right when you're like, yeah, let's wrap up the game. And it's like, dude, I was just going to be done with you. And I got there about two weeks ago and I haven't touched the game since. Mostly because I don't want to deal with the side, like the side quests were like, it was like I was playing Final Fantasy 14 again, you know, like as I, as we talked about uh, last time. So it's like, I don't. I don't want to do those, but I've made it that far doing every side quest. And that part of my brain that's like completionist is like, well, just fucking do them. Just get them over with. It's like, I don't want to. I don't want to. So, yeah. So, I, so I'm looking for my next thing afterwards. Um, I've started and like done the opening to a bunch of different RPGs. I started uh, Chained Echoes, which is sort of like a JRPG and like uh, inspired RPG Uh like indie game. So I did the opening to that and it didn't really grab me. Uh, I played the opening to Tokyo Mirage Sessions. I dusted off my Switch. I I got issues with that game. Mostly mostly exterior. Like the font is really small in Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Like the menu fonts are really small and there's no way to make them bigger. I think I'm just getting old, but the menu fonts are really, really small. And also the dialogue text is white on a white background. It is very hard to read. It's actively like difficult to read because it's white text with a very thin black border around the text on a white background. And I don't I don't know who the fuck thought that was a good idea. And I cannot find any settings for that either. So that is a major roadblock, <laughs> like major, major, major roadblock to actually playing that game. Because that game, while it was translated, it was not uh, dubbed. And so all of the voice acting is in Japanese. So even if I wanted to just listen to it somehow, I could not because, of course, I do not speak Japanese. So that is very, very difficult. And yeah, there's just some other things that I've kind of picked up, but like nothing's grabbing me. So I thought about doing the JRPG wheel, but I don't know. I just don't want to get stuck with something. <laughs> and... uh that's kind of where I'm at in terms of games right now. It's it's a struggle. It's a first world problem to the max, but that's where it is. Um, maybe I'll bring it back for next time if I still can't decide and hunker down on something because I need to I need to clear out some games. I need to I need to get some games out of here. So I think that's all I had to talk about this time. Just getting everything off my chest, everything important, all the important things off my chest, all the things that matter, you know? Um, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Really do appreciate it. Uh, we're in a bit of a, it's summer, who gives a shit, you know, kind of mode. But next time uh, we will be doing our Paul Bears Club discussion. So I hope you do check that out. Uh, you can follow us. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. Social media is so stupid. Check out the YouTube though. Uh, I'm I'm formulating this is this is very inside baseball, but I'm I'm formulating a nice template for clips and for segment breakouts, and it's gonna I it should look very nice. Uh, so if if you can't check out full episodes, but maybe you want to listen to uh, certain segments, uh, check out the YouTube for that. Uh, check out the Kofi page where I try to post. Like it's social media, free to follow, no cost to follow. Um, what else? I feel like there was something else, but I didn't write it down because I'm a moron. I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember, so it must not be that important. 
So, um, yeah, that'll be it. Uh, check out the next one for the book club. And yeah, I'll figure out the schedule when I figure out the schedule. Uh, so thank you for bearing with us. Thank you for listening to the show. Really do appreciate it. Uh, tell a friend if you had fun with the show. That would be cool. That'd be fun. But yeah, see you in the next one. Appreciate you. All right. Bye.